is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Going to keep things rolling in the Mike Tomlin direction. What else would there be to talk about today uh, on the heels of Coach T getting that three-year extension? You know, on the field, Coach Tomlin has the legacy as a defensive coach. Certainly, that has been the case since 2017 as his defense hasn't fallen any worse than sixth as far as total yards allowed uh, in the NFL in that span. So hmm. he's had a very dominant defense. The worst defense he's ever boasted was in 2015. They were 21st as far as yards uh, allowed. Kind of interestingly, though, they were... Yeah, 11th in points. I see that Yeah, there. interesting. 11th in points and, and also... Sixth and rush <laughs> or fifth and rushing defense, so they stopped the run really well. That pass defense was just a nightmare. Mm. Shored things up in that direction, though. Have had great defenses ever since, and you're coming off of a year in 2020 where his defense was third in total yards, third in points, and, you know, top five defense in the NFL. But the problem was the rush defense was 11th, and that's something that he needs to show more of a commitment to getting back to is that dominant rushing defense. And, you know, they didn't give him any touchdowns on the ground, but then again, teams don't really score that many touchdowns via the ground that often in the NFL. You know, a lot of touchdowns are scored from outside of 10 yards in the league. So they're still getting gashed too much as far as in between the red zone is concerned uh, in the running game. And that's something that, you know, Looking at his offense, looking at his defense, starting at his defense, that's something that he definitely needs to improve upon in his 2021 campaign. Right, and I think that's something that we've talked about a lot um, is getting that running defense better, that rush defense better. Um, you know, and like you mentioned, it's not like, you know, a lot of teams are, you know, completely deadly in the running game or that they, you know, this isn't 2003 anymore or 2002 where running the football is the way of the land. But at the same time, we've seen so many times that there are teams that when they need it, they can rely on it. I mean, you think of Cleveland, right? I mean, they are, I mean, I guess they're the outlier in that. They rely so much on the running game. Hell, you look back to um, the playoff game where the Browns beat them. I think there were three rushing touchdowns in that game. I think Kareem Hunt had two of them. Um, you know, and I know that that's just an example of the Browns. But again, getting that rush defense back to where it needs to be is is huge for the Steelers. You know, um, you know, when you look at the defense as a whole, like, you know, you mentioned they were third overall in, in yards and points. But, you know, when you really break it down, I mean, against the pass, they're pretty good. But 11th, you know, in the league um, against rushing, it's not bad. Obviously, you're just outside the top 10. That's, you know, better than um, better than average, obviously. But that's not you know, what we've seen, we've seen this team be dominant and that's kind of what they need to get back to. They need to get back to slowing down the run at a better clip. And and I think a part of that, and, and we've touched on this a lot, is getting Devin Bush back. I think a part of that is, is having more of a cohesion in the inside linebacker unit is something that um, I think the Steelers missed out a lot on last year when, when losing Bush, because kind of everything got thrown out of whack by that point. Cause you know, you have, um, you have Vince Williams playing a little bit out of position. He can't do the things he does. And then you have Spillane come in. I think getting Bush back might, you know, set that in the right direction this year. At least you'd be in the top 10 this year in, in that uh, department. Yeah, I mean, this isn't all on Tomlin, but we talk about now with the departure of James Conner, how that kind of opens the door, frees up that 
that leading spot for the Steelers to, to address in the draft. And we talk a lot about how if it's we're going to see more of the Randy Feekner-esque type of offense that Ben was more favorable to, or we're going to see more flashes of Matt Canada. And Tomlin's going to have a big part of that. Is Tomlin going to say we need to go in the right direction with this new kid at running back? Or are we going to say we're going to kind of pander to Ben and say this is his offense, so he's going to make the calls? I mean, that's going to be a big big decision the the head coach and Mike Tomlin has to make. And I would hope that he kind of goes in the direction of saying, listen, you know, this is it for Ben. You know, we really can't just go with his word at any point point." Without questioning it, I think if Tama wants to get respect and, and kind of see that, make it known that he's deserving of this contract, he's going to have to make a change. The passing defense of late has been stellar for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, just last year in 2020, they were third in yards allowed, and they had the most interceptions in the NFL, and that's coming off of 2019 having the second most interceptions in the NFL and once again, owing allowing the third most hmm. yards uh, as the defense is concerned. So the passing defense has been very elite the past two seasons. Past two, yeah. And it's interesting. They went out and signed somebody uh, in 2018 before those past two seasons before, right? What was his name? Minka, was, I think. Well, not Minka before that free agent. Oh, Steve Hayden. Nelson. Oh, That's Nelson. right, Steve Nelson. Really would love to have him in the 2021 <laughs> For sure. season. So. But you, the passing defense is great. They subtracted significantly from it this year with Steven Nelson's departure. You expect though, that so. to yeah, I just, revert back to, like, I'm not saying, let's see here, what, uh, 2018? Or I'm not saying that bad or hell, even, like, 2015. I'm not saying it's going to be that bad. 2015 but you, when it was the 30th. Yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be that bad, but you can't really be that confident right now, can you? No, it's going to regress for sure. And it's interesting you said, you know, the number of, 11th in rushing defense that's going to go up with the return of Devin Bush but, but yeah. with the departure of Steven Nelson I think there's nowhere to go but down as far as that passing defense is concerned yeah. I don't think it's it's going to be a very tall order for them to stay within the top five in the NFL as far as that category is concerned oh sure I mean I think that's a no-brainer uh, I mean I, and again we might be wrong here you know and and, and maybe Justin Lane and in in um in Sutton and James Pierre are better than we're giving them credit for, um you know as we sit here in, in on April twentieth, um but I mean at this point in the off season at this point in where you know this team is like you can't exactly expect them to be <laughs> you can't expect them to be the the third best team against the pass next year I think you're cr- I think I think you're crazy if you believe that but it might be even more crazy next year if it does come true because that would mean that those guys you know um <laughs> were on the bench for maybe far too long maybe they didn't deserve to be there um I mean it would take a herculean type effort for that defense to be number three against the pass again I definitely believe that and you know first in the league in interceptions I I think that's kind of a pipe dream at this point but at the same time um I mean you have to expect them to take a step back you lose Steve Nelson Joe Hayden's only getting older I mentioned that you're having you know guys that really haven't played defense before or considerable snaps or meaningful snaps on defense you're gonna have to have them play considerable minutes 
it, you can't be confident in that right now. You just can't be. I mean, granted, we can all be proven wrong, and and I hope that is the case. I hope that these guys are, you know, um, you know, they do live up to be starter and plate starter type minutes. But at this point in the year, you can't be confident in that. You know, I know we're a long way away from playing, but man, losing Nelson and, and looking at Joe Hayden, he's only getting older. I mean, you can't rely on Minka Fitzpatrick to do everything in the passing game, and and that's kind of what this defense you know in the secondary kind of seems to me right now like you know in hockey they make the 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 um the expression of a one-line team it's a one-player secondary you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like that's kind of what i feel like that this is right now the reason minka fitzpatrick is such a dangerous threat in the secondary is because he had guys like joe hayden and steve nelson to kind of pad the sidelines and he could be a floating you know target for for any ball that's kind of loosely floated uh through the secondary i mean you're only as good as the man sitting next to you and if the man standing next to you is james pierre or justin lane i mean that's not going to be easy for minka to work with it's gonna be impossible for minka to work with it's just not gonna let minka do what he's best at and you know we talk a lot about with the departure of steve nelson and jacob (laughs) what you were saying when you bump into that nickel and you have to have a James Pierre or a Justin Lane step into the game, even with Cam Sutton on the field, because you want Cam Sutton there. I'm almost wondering if it's even a better option to just slide Minka Fitzpatrick up to that nickel spot and keep Cam Sutton on the outside, because you know Minka Fitzpatrick is elite at covering that slot position. He did it a lot his rookie year at Miami. But that just is kind of like having a Swiss Army knife and then only using it with the scissor feature. You know what I mean? Like only using one feature on a toy that can do so many different things. And you don't want to really bottle that up. So uh, I don't see that as an option. And then, like Jacob, you said, you wind up in a situation where you have to have a James Pierre or a Justin Lane on the field for significant minutes and significant downs and big moments. I don't know if I really like that as far as the Steelers secondary is concerned and kind of to keep it, you know, in the realm of Mike Tomlin, bringing it back to him. That's that's going to be a tough, tall task for him and Keith Butler to, to tackle next year. And, you know, Mike Sullivan is very hands-on with the defense, so you better believe that he'll be very uh, involved in that decision-making. Tomlin, right? Yeah, yeah Sullivan's what, Mike uh, Sullivan's what you said. But, <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it is true. Mike's I mean, coaching right. this team. Like... <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is going to be a tall order for the defense. I mean, there, there's – and for Tomlin and company, I, there's no question about that. Um, I mean, I, I think um, it, it's a tall order, and, and not to – you know, give a chance here for Tomlin haters or anything like that. Mm. But this is, you know what I mean? Like, if if you're the defensive-minded guy, which obviously Tomlin is, as we've, you know, we've known over the last 14 years here in Pittsburgh, um, you know, if, if the defense, you know, really takes a step back next year, you will hear, hear a lot of, you know, uh, noise. You'll hear a lot of, you know, negative type things. And, and granted, next year, if the defense is bad, it might be a little bit warranted in the, you know what I mean? I know that Tomlin doesn't necessarily have a say in what, you know, everything that yeah, happens behind the scenes. Yeah, but it's not his fault directly and, and, no, and but, singularly. But at the same time, I'm just saying that, you know, the defense is his thing. And if it takes a step back, you know, he, he will be the scapegoat. Not saying that that's the right way of going about it. But again, I'm just saying that, you know, the defense on paper right now, um, you know, you know, I just don't see how it's the same or as good as it was last year, the last two years. I just think it's a tall 
tall order for Keith Butler and more importantly for Mike Tomlin to conquer. I think that's a really tough situation, um, you know, because like you said, Tom, you have such an elite player in Minka Fitzpatrick, but you can really only use him in one way now. You can't let him be that free-ranging player. Right. And if you do, you know, you don't have the same guys behind him. And again, uh, to, to just to play devil's advocate, we all might be wrong here. You know what I mean? Like these three guys could come in and yeah. they, they could be an all-star defense. But as it looks right now, it just doesn't seem realistic. And compare this to the conversation we just had about the running game. I mean, from a year ago, the defense was the the formidable, the backbone of basically the whole team, whereas the running game was the weak link, was the Achilles heel. Moving forward, you now have a chance to go out and get a guy like Najee Harris or Travis Etienne or Javante Williams and really bolster up that running game, make it a legitimate threat in the NFL, whereas your pass defense has lost two huge pieces in Mike Hilton and Steve Nelson, and you're left with kind of, I want to call them dumpster fire, but bottom-of-the-barrel kind of guys and Justin Lane and James Pierre are just a weird 180 that both of these units are taking or are in the process of taking, and it's going to be a big note on Tomlin's record whether he can actually sustain success with the running game or and how he will handle the departure of two key guys in Nelson and Hilton. Well, it's very kind of upsetting to hear what you guys are saying as far as the defense is concerned because, I A, I agree with everything, and, and B, that's what needs to be the backbone for the team moving forward. Yeah. And I know Ben Roethlisberger is still here, so I don't want to be all doom and gloom and say that it's the time without the Hall of Fame quarterback because it's not there yet, but that time is fast approaching, and Ben Roethlisberger isn't at the height of his powers right now. And looking at his side of the ball, that offense – 24th in the league in total yards last year, 12th as far as points per game is concerned. You know, middle of the road as far as points are concerned, and that's the really important one. But 24 in yards, you know, you're not really gaining that much, and that tells me that the defense is putting you in a lot of opportune situations, yeah. whether it be, you know, pinning people back in their own zone or in their own side of the field so that you get good position off the punt or – by causing a big splash play and a turnover. You're not really going up and down the field sustaining drives on your own. Uh, and, you know, the rushing offense, as far as yards are concerned, was the worst in, in the NFL. Yeah. 32 yards, uh, and they ran the ball 28th, uh, so like the fourth least amount of times running the ball yeah. in the NFL last year. So no commitment to that run, and, you know, it starts there. We talked when we were just talking about the defensive side of things. You know, 11th in the league, that's fine. That's top half, firmly mm -hmm. in the top half, but you want to get that better. Well, you were dead last in the NFL <laughs> as far as rushing offense is concerned with yards. So I, I think that that's something that needs to be massively improved upon, and that's where you're looking in the draft to do that. Right, and, you know, I think that's a great point that you made there that, you know, the defense, um, you know, on paper right now probably isn't going to put the offense in that great of position, and mm -hmm. it's going to be – an uphill battle for the offense in that regard too. Um, you know, that's why football is the ultimate team game. Both units live off of one, e one another. Like if the defense is right. given up play after play after play, not only does the offense have to keep up, um, but you know, if you're not getting any help, you're not getting any turnovers, yeah. you're not pinning anybody deep. Well, all of a sudden, you know, the, the offense, blowout. right. The offense is, you know, has to play from behind. And if the offense doesn't produce, right. the defense is out there for Too basically long. the entire game and they get tired. Right. And again, that goes to the point you're making, Tom, about the running game, that the Steelers need to get better at running the ball. And hopefully, 
you know, that can maybe keep opposing offenses off the field for a little bit longer. Um, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, that that has to be the Steelers way of offense is that you just run the ball to, to keep the, the terrible defense off the field. That's not the point that I'm making. I think the defense can still make some plays, but you have to, you know, allow them. You have to help them out. You have to get them in the best situation possible. And as we saw as this, as the year wore down last year and as the year went on, you saw that the fact that the Steelers just flat out refused to run the football, it really put the defense in harm's way. It, it you know, teams were, you know, the opposing defenses were on the field for, you know, maybe three minutes a drive because you're throwing so many passes. And then your defense, the Steelers defense, I mean, was on the field for the entire game pretty much. And they just got worn down at the end of the year. And I think that was blatantly obvious when you don't run the ball enough. So again, it goes both ways, both you know, both units help each unit. It's a, it's a common thing, and, and it's going to be a tough, you know, a tough ask, you know, with the defense in the situation that they're in right now. But again, you get that running back, you know, that, that we we all three seem to think that they're going to do, they're going to take, I should say, in the first round. Maybe that changes some things, and, and hopefully it will. Yeah, hopefully. But, I mean, to your credit, Kellen, don't even look to this year. Look to the year before then when the Steelers were 8-5 without Ben Roethlisberger, but you really saw the defense kind of lose its steam down the, the those last three games against Buffalo, sorry, against Buffalo, against the Jets, and against Baltimore. They just completely lost it. I mean, the offense was barely surviving, barely with, with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph at quarterback. The run game was essentially non-existent. They were pulling out miracles of a win, uh, against not great teams and that was all they, they could really muster but once they got to to what I guess it'd be week 15 with three weeks left the defense was so gassed for for kind of keeping things interesting because the offense wasn't putting up more than what 10 13 points a game and it just it took its toll I mean the Buffalo game was really kind of what opened the floodgates that was the best team that they had seen probably all year since before Ben went down, and I'm talking about the the Baltimore game and and the Seattle game, and of course week one against New England. But but Buffalo was this great team, and the Steelers, as much as they had momentum on their side for that that night, it didn't matter because the the, the defense was playing its best opponent yet, the offense was playing its best defensive opponent yet, and they could not keep up, and that that really gassed the defense, and that obviously translated into the next week when it. The Steelers surprisingly lost it to the Jets, and then Baltimore was this team that just ran rampant all over them. So it's absolutely a a offense relies on the defense, and, and the defense relies on the offense. You cannot win without the other. Well, you keep the ball on your side longer when you have a good running game, and hopefully yep. drafting one of these big dogs in the draft, the big three, will improve your attempts and improve your yardage as far as your offense is concerned because there has to be more of a commitment to the run if you're the Steelers because looking at the passing offense from last year, they led the NFL as far as passing <laughs> attempts are concerned. That shouldn't shock you. No, it shouldn't, <laughs> but they were only 15th as far as passing offense yardage was yeah, concerned. So that's bad. If you lead the NFL in attempting something that you do pretty much dead even and, and average as far as the rest of the league is concerned. I mean, you're not a, a juggernaut. If you were, you know, the number one or number two as far as yards was concerned. Hell, even five. Ball, yeah, then yeah, I'm taking that more 
than I would be if you're number 15. You, you need to balance that out more. You can't be 28th as far as rushing attempts are concerned no. and number one as far as pass is concerned. With a quarterback like Ben, a 15-15 split would be perfect. Mm-hmm. It's just sitting yeah, right I mean, in the middle for both of these. It's uh, not even the fact that they couldn't run the ball. They wouldn't even try. I mean, that was what we were kicking ourselves most over was the fact that we didn't even give the guys on the team the opportunity to try. Sixth in touchdowns thrown by Ben Roethlisberger. That's good. So he's certainly still slinging the football uh, and ninth as far as interceptions are concerned, which is good. You don't want to be last in that category. (laughs) You want to be closer to the top. So he protected the ball decently well, got it in the end zone, threw for – uh, the 15th most passing yards in the league the Steelers as a team did, but of course that's Ben Roethlisberger's stat. Uh, they just need to cut back on the attempts. That's really the yeah. only problem that was with the passing offense, and uh, I know Ben kind of faded down the stretch is a very popular thing that is being thrown out, and maybe rightfully so by a lot of pundits in town, but it's also interesting to note that that down the stretch where he faded included that game against the Colts where he absolutely tore things up got a win the one win out of the four uh, out of the five games down yeah the down stretch. the stretch uh and in the cleveland game i know that they were playing from behind and it was you know the hand was forced but he still put up a lot of numbers in that passing game so yeah i guess he collapsed down the stretch but i don't know there's something about that colts game that still lingers fresh in your mind but you look at those numbers in the passing offense and it clearly wasn't detrimentally bad. It was just you were probably doing it a little too much. Maybe yeah. less is more in this case. I think less is more. And, and, and you know, if and you don't even you mentioned, you know, being 15 and 15, you know, attempts uh, both ways. And that's in a perfect world. You know what I mean? But that's that's never going to happen. Probably, um, you know, I, I just think I just hope it's a, more of a 60 40 or, you know, the team is, you know, let's just say even. You know. Somewhat, just something better than what we've yeah, seen. Yeah, just the last say they were seventeenth in rushing attempts yeah. or whatever. Like I'll be happy with that. I, I I'll be doing backflips over that. You know, so you're it's not thirty second. It's not hard to do better than what you've done the last two years. Right, and I think that's huge. And again, you know, to your point, Tom, about you know the fact that that Ben kind of faded down the stretch. You know, I I think there's some truth to that. Um, but he was unbelievable in the second half against the Colts. Um, and I, you know, I know that. He was, you know, he was good in the game against Cleveland after, you know, after uh, Cleveland went up. But, you know, let's be honest here. That team wasn't prevent defense. But at the same time, you still have to make the throws. You, you still have to put the ball on a dime and, and get it to your guys. So he did throw for those yards, no question about it. But, you know, you made the point about the, the game against the Colts, and that's the one that, you know, sticks in the back of your mind like Ben can still do it. Um, and, again, we've talked about this a lot. It's not that the Steelers – you know, can't have games where Ben throws the ball 30 times. Like, there's going to be situations where he's called upon to do it 30 times or more, but you just have to have more of a 50-50 split, or at least closer to a 50-50 split. That way, you're not going to have to, you know, have to do that. You're not going to have to, you know, put so much on Ben's shoulders. And I think a big part of that is drafting one of these running backs. And, you know, I, I, I seriously worry that if the Steelers don't take one of these top dogs that – you know, um, Ben's going to audible out of RPOs and it's going to be more of the same like we saw last year. And you cannot have that this year because we saw at the end of last year it just doesn't work. Absolutely cannot have it. Well, I I mean, it would just it would be the worst way for Ben to go out as if the Steelers kind of just let him play the same ball. And it's nothing against Ben. I mean, Ben's been the guy. Ben's going to the Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm glad that. I started watching football right when he got drafted, so I didn't have to 
grow up in this quarterback purgatory that my dad has told me about for so many years in in the eighties and the nineties. But you if, remember Tommy Maddox? I mean, if, of course Tommy yeah. Maddox was there, but was he giving the Steelers a legit chance for real? Mm, I don't know about that. No, I mean, but I'm he was. We lived through that purgatory, is what I'm saying. No, of course, but I mean, it was for like for when I was able to remember things. I mean, Tommy Maddox was really only there for two or three years. I didn't suffer for very long. But I mean, it would be a hor- it would just be a horrible way for ben-, ben to kind of hang it up to say these last three years he kind of just did not play the right way, and I don't I don't think he wants to be remembered that way at at the tail end of his career. To bring it kind of back towards Tomlin more, you know, he's more heavily involved in the defense. We know that with the play calling in the defense, him and Keith Butler share those duties. Uh, with the offense, you know. I always wonder how much influence he really has. Who, Tom, when you mean? Yeah, Yeah. in that regard. And uh, if there is any influence, I think it's in the fact that he wants it more of a traditional style of an offense. You know, he might be a little bit resistant to this new uh, movement that the NFL is going towards more of a college style with some of those things that they're doing offensively. And I think a big thing that needs to happen in this new extension with Tomlin on the offense is to just take those training wheels off and don't be afraid to get uncomfortable, Mike Tomlin, as far yeah. as that offense that you see out on the field and really give Matt Canada the keys to this thing mm-hmm. and you know be that kind of influence behind Canada to really drive home that you want things done a certain way, ahem, ahem, more so towards Ben because that's <laughs> the one person that's going to resist anything. Yeah. but. You know, just kind of be that hand that comes in and says, yeah, this is the way we're doing things offensively, and if you don't like it, you can get out. Right. And, I mean, I think that's going to be the biggest thing, and I, I think the perfect component to kind of going towards that college offense and kind of just going full tilt into it is the Canada thing, Like, is having Matt Canada be your offensive coordinator because it, it lends right into going more into that college-style offense um, you know, and if you're not comfortable with it, you better get comfortable with it because that's the way that football is going. You know, what's that old saying? Adapt or die. And, you know, I'm not saying that the Steelers died last year going 12 and, and 5. Um, but, you know, with the way the season ended, it sure felt like you died. I mean, Tomlin even said, you know, we died on the vine um, in, in his last you know press conference of the year. Um, but you have to adapt. And again, I think you made a great point there, Tom, that you have to just dive headfirst into this thing. You have to try to become more, um, you know, like everybody else. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it so much, like with the, um, with the chiefs, you know, all the motion they do, all the college style stuff that they do. Why are they so effective? Cause they have so many moving parts. They create confusion. They create mismatches. That's what the Steelers need to do. There, there, there's no question about that. Yeah. And, and you know, does Mike Tomlin, can you teach an, an old dog new tricks? Does he is he willing to, you know, adapt to the newer style of the NFL? I don't Hope know. so. That's an interesting question. I think to ponder. That, yeah, you know, it's going to be. I mean, we haven't seen it. Yet. He obviously has the idea that he can do that, or else he wouldn't have signed that extension. I right. Mean, if he didn't think that he would be up for the challenge, then I don't think he signs the dotted line. And on top of that, I don't think Matt Canada is your offensive coordinator if you don't have at right. least an idea of of. of kind of moving towards that sort of offense, that sort of style, because, you know, that's, you know, Tom, like we've talked about so many times, you're the pit guy, you know, you've seen that Canada offense in in work. Like you have to have that sort of thing in mind. Like, Hey, if we're going to bring him in as our OC, you know, this has to be the way that you're going. I'm sure that's, that's the thought process that Tomlin and company have. 
That's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. On our next episode, play a little contenders or pretenders as it stands right now when looking around the rest of the NFL. So that should be a lot of fun. Make sure you tune into that, and you can do so by finding all of our podcasts at Steelers.com or Apple and Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you download and subscribe to Steelers Standard. For Jacob Brecht and Kellen Gursky, I'm Tom Opperman. Thank you, as always. We'll talk to you on the next episode.